TR shocks the world. guys welcome back to another episode of tr shocks the world i'm ray russell and it wouldn't be tr shocks the world without tr himself welcome back to the show mr tom robinson what up ray ray how you feeling feeling okay i actually enjoyed this week's episode of dynamite much more than last week i know we both said thumbs in the middle last week but this week two thumbs up yeah next week is the uh measuring stick so to speak probably not the word i'm best looking for but I said last week when we did this AEW talk that they've yet to string two good shows in a row, in my opinion, like two really hot shows. I thought tonight was pretty damn good, but that's a spoiler, I guess. So we'll just get to that. Right. And I could be nitpicky and I probably will before we were done discussing this. It's nothing bad. It's just, uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. Show kicked off this week. He's finally going to come out here and try to out wrestle everyone though. Christian Cage finally gets in the ring here for the March 31st edition of AEW Dynamite, taking on Frankie Kazarian. What were your thoughts on Christian here? I got to steal your joke and say, you know, the king of the peeps worked two times in seven years, but he's outworking everybody. That's poetic. Um, <laughs> you know, he hasn't really lost a step. I hate to probably echo what the internet is saying, but I don't know that for sure. I haven't looked at Twitter or anything, but um, Kazarian's always been good, you know. Trivia note, he was in a Tom's River, New Jersey Battle Royal along with Fandango and me. I was in a Battle Royal with those two guys years and years and years ago for Donnie B. But anyway, I didn't win, and I didn't have any interaction with him. But if I'm drunk, I'll tell everybody I threw them both out. Well, we got to get you drunk then because that's what was, was going to be my next question. Did you win and did you throw them both out? Would have made a better nah. story, Tom. I know, but a ticket seller <laughs> probably threw all three of us out and, and, and fucking Hulk Hogan and The Rock. But anyhow. Um, Damn ticket sellers. Christian slowed it down, and uh, it, it, they gave him TV time, and it was literally like watching a WWE pay-per-view match that it was. was well together. Um, it was, I like the, you know, the lock-up and the tight, sort of realistic, you know, back him into the corner and the... I like Triple H, believe it or not. I don't know if that's a popular opinion. It doesn't seem to be. But I like his matches, his slow pace and, and building up and so forth. And anything with a side headlock takeover, I'll just cut to the chase. If you do that and can work that in the beginning of the match, it's going to be a good match in, in all probability. Well, fair enough. I thought they did a really good job, too, and I didn't really notice until deep into the match that this was not the normal AEW pace. Something was different about it, and I couldn't really figure out what until we got maybe more than three quarters of the way into the match. I go, you know what? This is like WWE style, but not in a bad way. Like like no. you said, like, like a Christian, a good pay-per-view match from the WWE product. They slowed it down. Christian slowed it down. He worked his style, not necessarily just because of his age, but just because of years of experience, and this is really how wrestling was for decades prior to what AEW and some of the other more current products have been bringing us or what some of the uh, younger fans may be accustomed to. I enjoyed it. It was a lot easier for me to process. I like when I can process the story being told in the ring. Yeah. I mean, if there is a crossover tonight for any reason, 
if he drew anybody for his name value in WWE or whatever, they'll see the, the stark contrast. And I mean, you could see it from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. Just at, at some points you're like, Oh, AEW is back. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely, it was a good match. And if, if they can mix it up like that, like have that style of match. And if that's what elevation's all about and signing veterans, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, it was a really solid match, and uh, Christian had to have went for that kill switch about 800 times in the match, so by that point, I'm like, he better win with the kill switch. Otherwise, none of this makes sense. Yes. Obviously, two real pros in there, though, and that's another thing I wanted to point out. So glad they chose someone like Frankie Kazarian to get in there with Christian, someone else who knows how to work that style from years gone by, rather than one of the younger guys who probably wanted to go in there and go 100 miles an hour with Christian. Really good job here. And finally, at the end of the day, it was the kill switch, which picked up the win. The match, Christian and Kazarian, they gave him about 16 minutes. So at least they're taking the, the signing seriously. They gave Christian 16 minutes, hot opener, right out of the gate to draw in the fans, maybe from non-AEW fans. Oh, Christian's on. Let's let's see what he's going to do here. He gave them everything they would have probably wanted, I would imagine. Yeah, and he physically looked good as well. I mean, he... Uh... Edge kind of looks all fucked up in the face, if I can yeah. be frank. <laughs> uh, his, uh, well, you've heard the stories, right? How how Vince changed it to that uh, that three-way match because of the way Edge looked? No, I, I was unaware of that. I, I get my news from Twitter when I get done work, so I'm, I'm kind of dumb with the current events other than what I watch. Vince didn't like his fucking face. I'm, I'm not just his face, I guess just his entire look. He thought he felt weak. This is according to Dave Meltzer now. Like This is from The Observer. Um, apparently they added Daniel Bryan to the mix because Vince was looking at edge and he just thought he looked like an old man basically. And he wasn't believable as a challenger on his own. So they've turned him heel and kind of stuck him in, you know, into the, the three way, which I'm not complaining about the three way match, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. My girl always points out that, and she, I don't think she was a fan before me. Maybe she's a stalker and saw me in Jersey before, but, um, no, um, on a serious note, she she's a casual fan and she watches it with me from time to time and she's like, "What's wrong with that guy's face?" You know, and uh he's uh, we're talking about <laughs> AEW, but Edge's face looks fucked up. I think the the blue thing that you smartened me up to, the blue light or, the blue or dot. whatever it was. Called. Yeah, the blue dot. Blue right. dot. I think he stole his buddy's gimmick. Um I <laughs> No, I like I like the match tonight, and I love as I noted before. I love those two goofing around on the Edge and Christian show. The only thing I still hate is his fucking appearances on that uh, WWE backstage. He was the shits on there. But besides that, thumbs up, Christian. You got a new a new place to work, and I'm not buying the Outwork Everybody shirt, but maybe yeah i'm not maybe buying the something. outwork everyone slogan either at this point but i do hope he continues to work his style instead of letting some of these guys draw him into their style that's where injuries can i think christian is just too smart to allow that to happen anyway i think he's going to do what he's able to do yeah it's like a universal opinion from what i hear like everybody all the boys one uh like him and two always compliment how smart he is and putting together spots and suggestions that always end up working etc cetera, etc cetera. so kudos christian um first match back was a thumbs up absolutely agree we move on there was a vignette with darby allen and sting talking mad hardy jade cargill cut a promo on red velvet who, who we'll talk about a little later in the show well actually not very very much further into the show as we go back to the Hopefully ring 
Let me take a pause for the cause there, real quick. Absolutely. And not the ones where not the ones where I leave uh, and go pee. Um, <laughs> I forgot to say it last week. Uh, the referee in the first match was one Bryce Remsburg. Yes. Who uh, has a or did have a dual life as a budding improv star. It's called PHIT for Philadelphia Improv Theater, and he was for years in in improv groups. Personally, I you know I was doing stand up across the street, not featuring or anything, but I was doing it at Helium. It's on Sanson Street in Philadelphia, but across the street was the the fit as they call it, and he was a big player over there. I I I think improv sucks, donkey balls, and it just I hate it. But <laughs> I don't know. Popped into my head thought I didn't want to lose it two weeks in a row. Yeah, Bryce is a good kid, though. I've known Bryce probably going back almost 20 years, back when he was just first breaking out into the refereeing business. He was always a a good dude. So Yeah, I I don't know him. I think I met him once in passing through a mutual contact. but um, It's cool to see him on TV. Yeah, I mean, he's a good dude. Um, I, I haven't talked to him in years, but yeah, good dude, and I'm happy somebody made it here to AEW. All of these referees need to get their ass in gear, I'll tell you that much. It's the <laughs> it's the <laughs> exhibition match with referee Arn Anderson as Cody Rhodes gets ready to take on QT Marshall. It was set up last week in kind of that Bruno versus Larry type situation. I don't know that we got necessarily that this week, but we got something, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. I thought you uh, nailed it on the head. I, I even tweeted that earlier that uh, I had to give you props because I didn't even put the two and two together of the Bruno Zabisco Cody QT thing, but. Cutie tweeted something like he hasn't slept all night, and I think that was a shoot because he looked kind of puffy, and I don't know. He just didn't look himself coming out, but they executed everything the right way. Um, what did you think of it before I go blabbing? Uh, you know, I thought it was a little early on in the show. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen yet. I just thought based on what I wanted to happen, this was a little early in the show to be pulling the trigger on this, but once everything got going, I was I was fine with the, the placement of it on the show I thought they looked okay. They didn't really try to do a whole lot because they didn't really need to do a whole lot. QT got up there on that flying crossbody. That he came off the ropes and, and hit that uh, crossbody across the ring. Cody ducked and he goes flying outside. I said, "Wow, man, that's one of the the best hops I've ever seen on a missed crossbody dive." He goes out to the floor. At <laughs> and uh, he, Cody helps him back in, and he immediately just nails Arn Anderson. Does QT and lays out Arn Anderson with a sucker punch basically uh, subsequently turning heel and he kind of starts to walk away as if he regrets what he did, but it's all a big ploy. The entire, uh, what are they? The nightmare family? What the hell are they called, Tom? Uh, It seems like the nightmare cult in Waco or something. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking, a lot of fucking cults here in AEW. There's like 75 gangs going on right now. If you're hired by AEW, you will get FaceTime because it's like you could just be a fan and sneak into a faction and nobody would notice. You know what I mean? There's like everything's a faction anymore. But yeah, I do uh, have a theory on that, but we'll get to that after the, you know, the angle and everything like that. Um, So QT stands there with his back turned to the guys in the ring. And that's when the students, the nightmare students, if you will, turn on Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, the guns and. Attack him, lay him out, and that's when QT turns around, and it, it becomes apparent that he is part of this new, again, a new, another new faction, another new gang consisting of your boy, Nick Camarado, Anthony Agogo, and Aaron Sola, something like that. I don't remember. Um, but Aaron yeah, they. So, so what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so long? Sorry. 
S, I believe it's S O L O W. And I think he's always in pictures. Remember that question um, that nobody cares about except like my girl and me if Ricky Starks was a homosexual? Sure. Well, she showed me his page, and there's multiple pictures of he and, and, and whoever that guy just said solo. What's his first name again? Aaron. Aaron Solo. Um, so I don't know if he's solo in real life. I think he's uh, <laughs> some Starks action. Okay. Well, that might explain why he's got getting some FaceTime here on TV at this point as well. Yeah, he's getting facials. Oh, yeah! <laughs> so the new faction who turn on Cody and company, they beat down the baby faces and Camarado tosses Lee Johnson over the top rope onto the ramp with a power bomb. Nasty, nasty spot. As QT yeah. runs back and rams Arn Anderson's bad arm into the guardrail. There was no remorse after all. That was a good spot, though. And what a trooper I mean, Arn is for taking shit from these guys. He's just collecting those paychecks. Arn is like, you know, who doesn't like Arn his heyday? But it's kind of funny seeing him getting beat up these days to me. I don't know. I have a weird sense of humor. Years and years ago, you see him every month. And uh, a couple of us had an inside joke that, you know, you, you go up and say, hey, Arn, how you doing? And you just touch him. And he's like, watch the neck. <laughs> so he, he was known as watch the neck for a while. And then I saw him in recent years, which I told on another program. And I, I, I was like, so happy to see him again. Cause I saw him literally every month and, and he knew who I was and I knew he, who he was. And I introduced him to some friends, which I may or may not get into in a future show. I don't know if that's good territory to talk in public, but, um, <laughs> I extended my hand and, and good old, good old arm says, I don't know you. And he didn't uh, return the handshake, uh, which was kind of uh, embarrassing, especially when he was traveling with Malenko and Jamie Noble and Fit Finley. And Fit, I knew from before, knew casually. So he was, and Steamboat, I think, was there as well. But Arn just, I, I, I grabbed him aside because they were playing the pool and did a pretty good job of explaining how he would know me. And uh, he just no-sold it. So, um, I don't know. I Maybe that's why I get a chuckle of him getting beat up these days. Who knows? <laughs> well, he did get beat up. He got hit twice here in this one. And then uh, then they pulled the steel steps up onto the ramp because on the floor it just wasn't a good enough visual. I thought they did a good – I thought it was really good, really clever to to do that. As Dustin Rhodes gigs once again, half half bloody before he even they even do the big spot with the pile driver on Dustin Rhodes on the steel steps on the stage, and then they look to do the concerto to Cody's heads on the steps, and that's when your girl Red Velvet steps in to put a stop to it. Yeah, well, I should say Wes Briscoe's girl, uh, Red Velvet, but hot damn, uh, she rocked those pleather, leather, whatever the fuck, uh, Olivia Newton-John pants uh, from Greece. And uh, a little red top and positioned herself uh, almost like Eddie Kingston did to his brother, John Moxley, uh, to save. Uh, who was she saving? Dustin or Cody? I'm losing Cody. track. I was Cody. looking at her ass. Nobody saves Dustin. Dustin takes the brunt of all the, all the shit. <laughs> yeah, Dustin. You, you should never have to ask the question, Tom. Whenever there's a big angle involved, Cody's name is where you insert. That's what you insert there. Cody. It was Cody. It's always Cody. Yeah, so just, yeah, she laid on top of him, which, well, not exactly on top of him, but she showed her assets, and uh, she was she was 
I think she wins the night as far as the hottest chick I saw tonight. But we'll get we'll figure that out later when we go through it. Also involved, you mentioned Nick Camarado. I don't know what the, what his deal is. He was uh, just a little trivia note for the fans out there. Uh, he was Monster Factory Tag Team Champion with one Fala Ball, who's now in Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So that means nothing to nobody, probably. But he's at got least the look. Yeah, he he's got a great look. He benches six hundred pounds. He was a you know junior college all American with legit wrestling skills. He's actually smart despite his appearance. He has an accounting degree. WWE released him. You know, I don't know if it was COVID related, but they didn't see much in him. And to me, he's a can't miss if he gets. I don't. I don't think he talks well, but I mean, he looks like Hercules Hernandez or you know, a combination of Sylvester Turkai and et cetera, et cetera. But what I don't get is he's been around for a while, and he went to the Monster Factory, the WWE Performance Center. The Nightmare Factory, it's like, how many schools do you need to kind of get it? You know what I mean? So he might be a slow learner, but I think he's worth um, investing in. Obviously, they do too if he was in that angle. So I hope to see better stuff from him, and I think he's a can't-miss monster. Not, uh, you know, not 80s Hogan foe or nothing, but I think he can be like Miro was later in the in the show. I think he can be that kind of that kind of player. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the guy work. But uh, I would imagine he's more flexible and mobile than this Amos guy that's with AJ Styles. So I don't know if it's necessarily his work rate <laughs> that Vince cut him for. Maybe it's the fact that he's probably the only guy that can squat more than, than Vince McMahon, and he doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah, Vince will be pissed at that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, big Nick Camarado uh, supporter. Freak Beast, I think he is on Twitter. Um, why am I plugging people? They should be plugging us. God damn go. it. Damn them. So we continue on. We get some promos with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, John Moxley, and Dasha talks to Red Velvet very, very briefly. She said she had Cody's back, but who has hers? Asks Jade Cargill, who attacks and beats Red Velvet up in record time backstage. And she tells her she made her break her heel. And uh, (laughs) Cargill proclaims that she is the bitch. Not Red Velvet, Cargill. She's the bitch. That's a positive thing. She is that bitch. That's right. Yeah. Um, all six foot, however much she is. She uh, she caught my eye when she was sitting in the stands, Jade did. And I thought that was cool. They they did their part in that Shaq match, but I don't know. She's losing me a little bit. Uh, I don't find her as, as attractive as I did at one point. No fault of hers. Maybe I'm moving on to other uh, smaller and better things. But oh, Well, there are uh, a variety of ladies to choose from. Yes, and and that's what we talk about here. At least I do. I, I don't want to put you in a spot, but oh no, I have my if favorites. If I see female wrestlers, and you know, it's not like all Japan women. <laughs> was it all Japan women back in the day with like Shigusa and Gaia and all those fucking right. chicks and right? Oh Nakano, Nakano, however you say her name. And, Depends yeah, on they, the country they were you're in. Matches. <laughs> yeah, or I think she's the one that was in the elevator with. Uh, no, it wasn't Bull. Who was that? The elevator with Jeff Bowder. Are you familiar with that? I think it was Bull. I think it was Bull. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, back in the day, that was all about work rate. But now, these chicks are much hotter. So, fuck the working. I just want to see who looks best which week. But I don't like Jade. That was the point. Long-winded point. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
we move on with the show. John Moxley takes on Cesar Bononi. And I saw what issues you were talking about. It's uh, Bononi's looking, he's having issues with his wife receiving uh, cancer, leukemia treatment. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. I hope uh, they get all that squared away, though. That's, that's some pretty serious stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's been on the main show a couple weeks in a row now. Worked with Moxley, for instance, tonight. It's hard to criticize while he's going through that. And right. I'll put an asterisk, asterisk around this commentary. The dude really sucks in the ring. But the asterisk is he's going through some other shit. So maybe it's just that. I'm lying. I can't, I can't lie to the audience. <laughs> I, hope, I hope his real life gets better. God bless his wife. As high as I am on Camarado, I don't see it with good old Cesar. Yeah, and after we put over last week, them speeding up the job matches, kind of doing two-and-a-half-minute squashes last week. This week, we're back to the extended squash. It takes Moxley about eight minutes here to beat Cesar Bononi with a rear naked sleeper because they can't call it a choke. That would be illegal. So it's a rear naked sleeper hold as Moxley picks up the win here in eight minutes. And I notice uh, Nick Nemeth, uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother, Ryan Nemeth out here, as well as J.D. Drake, whomever that is. Uh, it's just, like I said, this is where I started noticing. Does everybody have buddies in this fucking promotion? And as the show everybody goes on, I realized, I, yeah, I started trying to think of somebody that was a lone wolf, so, some bad news Brown out there. And at some point I got to Moxley. I go, well, John Mox. Oh, Eddie Kingston. Damn it. Everybody has a friend here in AEW. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't piss me off or anything, but it's just kind of different. Um, it may end up bothering me at some point but it's absolutely true and i don't think they could deny it i don't think uh tony khan would deny it i don't think that even dave Meltzer, who's been accused of favoring their promotion um an old friend of mine that i won't shit talk but i don't think anybody can deny that if you work at aew like i said earlier you're going to get some face time everybody makes (laughs) makes it to tv in one way or another it's a good thing for the boys at least well that's true i'll I'll give you that much Show goes on. We get a Team Taz promo. I hate this fucking type of promo. This is so hokey and cartoony for Taz or this this type of group with Taz. And I can't believe Taz is even going along with it unless he's here to take the paycheck as well. It's one of those, everything's cool, brother. But it's really not. At least that's the way it's perceived with Brian Cage, who keeps who keeps bitching about things. Here he's bitching at Ricky Starks for not tagging him in fast enough in their recent tag team match. Made the match go too long before Cage came in and cleared things up and got the win. So everything's cool though, brother. I think there's so much sexual tension between those two. They should just (laughs) fuck each other in the ass and get it over with. What the fuck? I I, I think they're going into business with themselves. Um, Taz is trying to keep it together and just get his son on TV. And uh, Cage and Starks are just raging fucking hard-ons for each other, want (laughs) to bend each other over, don't want to admit it. Yeah, Taz telling us, just sit there and shut the fuck up. Let these two guys do their thing. Let me jerk off, brother. <laughs> brother let me get it done. <laughs> oh, Taz. Taz, what have you fucking become? Beat me off if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Team Taz. Taz came out with a bang in the beginning, man. I liked him, but uh, I don't know. These on-location interviews and, and good old Hobbs just kind of sits there. So I said, like, man, yeah, they, they were cool. the smartest guys in this entire segment. They were the only ones that didn't look like assholes by the end of it. Yeah. Hobbs and hook. Wasn't that a yeah. movie with a rock and somebody? 
Could have been. Uh, somebody in Hobbs. Taylor and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. Starsky and Hutch. I don't know. Somebody in Hobbs. Calvin and Hobbs. No. Hobbs and Shaw and Hobbs? Something, I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I don't fucking know. We go on uh, with the, the next segment. I was kind of pumped to see what they were going to do here. I, hope, I was hoping it wasn't going to be another car because MJF uh, is promised to give gifts to the pinnacle his new faction, but it ends up being a personal stylist and an interior decorator. And then I was, was kind of bummed. I thought they really dropped the ball here, but they fooled me, Tom, because when he opened the door, when MJF opened the door, the inner circle was standing on the outside. So they try to retreat through another exit door, but Jake Hager was standing there and the inner circle attacks inside and goes to work and beats the shits out of the pinnacle here, leaving them laying everywhere. Uh, Guevara slams Spears' head in the door. Hager with a rock bottom on Wardlow through a table. Cash gets sent into an ice bath. Tully's kind of just laying over on the side there. He's not really taking the beating. Dax bladed for this uh, this spot here. Uh, even got hit with a baseball bat over the head. Jericho gives MJF a swirly as he calls him a, a piece of crap. What's that smell? <laughs> He says the worst is yet to come as he picks up MJF and throws him headfirst through a Pepsi machine window. Old school Pepsi machine window there. And pours a little bubbly over his head. And he tells him, this is our dressing room, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty hot. I mean, pretty decent angle. You know, Tully's Tully's great. He's even... Somebody, one of the LAX dudes was beating on him and and he was giving it back to him for a little bit, giving a little trading of of brawl you gotta love tully blanchard at his age he was wise though he kind of just after a while he saw when it it was time and he just took the little slow bump over there in the corner let the other guys do the the crazy shit i don't know if i want to see tully going to ice bath at that age might (laughs) might uh, give him a heart attack and be the end of tully blanchard yeah that would be a sucky way to go but uh that that ice thing man i i think i'd rather be uh dax and just fucking juice than fucking take that ice bump yeah, it was a sudden deal. That's probably what they fought over. Who's getting the ice bath? I'll gig. Yeah, no, it's you. It's you. No, it's old school. Just, just convince them. Arn did it one time, and they'll do it. That's not a knock. I love those guys. But um, quick thing that popped into my mind as as we will do forever. I have to get it out before it goes away. Yep. I was at a live event WWE when they were uh, the revival, and who's Cash now? What was his name? It was Dawson and Dash wow. and Dawson. Yeah, Dash, Dash and Dawson, Dawson, that's right. So he was Dash, and now he's Cash, I believe. Uh, the one that knocked the fucker out that attacked Bret Hart, whoever that is. Right. Um, he, for fact, for a fact, uh, as much as I talk about my old lady and bitch that she gets mad when I talk about other girls, she's still a hot number. And we were sitting pretty close, and Cash was checking that ass out. But I got revenge later in the evening. You would never guess who would look at my peculiar ass. And meet eyes with me several times. Any any WWE chick, just throw a guess out there. Huh? Single? Not married, right? Not anymore. Okay, not anymore. Well, then, okay, I, I have no idea. So Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, the the way I look, and anybody that takes personal my you know fatso comments, <laughs> I look terrible. I'm like 300 pounds almost now. But anyway, um, that night I was looking pretty dapper. And I thought it was my imagination, but it happened five times. One, the man, 
Becky Lynch kept looking over at TR. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, I, I should put another asterisk out there. I've had cataract surgery, so she may have been looking somewhere else. But it seemed to me that the man was checking out TR. Did you do anything about has- it, though? <laughs> so you that didn't... new kid is mine. Oh, so it's not Seth Rollins. I get what you're saying now. It's not Seth Rollins. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I'm sure they could figure that out. Have you seen He'll any pictures out- of this kid? Does it look like a little TR? He'll turn out fat and non-ambitious, and they'll know, they'll know something's <laughs> up. No CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, go, go on with the show. There's a Young Bucks promo backstage. Don Callis interrupts and gives Matt Jackson some shit. He basically tells him he has no aspirations at this point. Callis even slaps Matt Jackson, and uh, Matt grabs him at first, but then he relents and kind of just looks down. What's the story here? What am I missing, Tom? Well, Callis has his own story, kind of, but um, I don't know. I I guess there's a premise, and they just kind of make up shit as they go along. But okay, they're going with the Bucks were with you know the uh, the Good Brothers and Omega, and they should be part of the Invisible Hands vision of being bigger than the business and all together and the too sweet and all that bullshit. You know, Cal's, I just, you know, I watch Impact when I get home in time or I DVR it or something, and he was all over Impact. And from what I heard, he was all over some females in Impact a while ago with his invisible hand. But uh, I guess Karrion Cross wasn't around at that moment. Not to divulge anything, but back to hmm. back to AEW. Yeah, uh, Callus is actually, you know, I wanted Kenny to turn heel. I thought that was overdue. I thought he should be healed because he's so polarizing and uh, in the leather jacket he's not a great promo but he's a goofy kind of promo right and i thought uh, you know callus will be good but callus is becoming the guy i don't really like him to be the guy if he's not going to work it it kind of works for paul Heyman, but i think uh i think that's about it I, I i mean I, i'm not saying i don't enjoy what he's saying or what he's doing but I mean, he gives an open-hand slap to Matt Jackson, cowers like a manager always should, and then comes back with your pathetic and this, that, and the other. So, I don't know. Maybe it's leading to something bigger, better, stronger, faster on steroids. But uh, I give an I don't know right now. Yeah. it's um, Hopefully it's not a right as you go and they have something better planned moving forward. I agree with you on the Don Callis side of things. And we'll move on with the show. Six-man tag team action. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on the Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid. Don Callis joins commentary. Last Wednesday night, Tom, you asked me, what was the deal with that North Carolina? And I really had no idea at that point. Okay, two nights later, I'm hanging out with my buddy. He comes over. We're having drinks, and we're big time into sports, much like yourself. And and, uh, the wide men can't jump and all that good stuff. We were talking basketball because it's that time of year. And... I mentioned that to him in passing and he brought it. He's not even a wrestling fan. And he goes, dude, don't you know what he's doing? And I go, no, I don't get it. And he explained it to me. It took five seconds. He goes, who's the greatest basketball? Now you can, you can debate who the greatest basketball player is of all time, Uh, uh, especially you, Tom, uh, but who is the greatest basketball player of all time? Eh, Most people would say Michael Jordan, right? How was he announced every night when he came out to play basketball from North Carolina? And the gimmick is, Michael J- Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time. Kenny Omega is the greatest wrestler of all time, so he gets the same treatment. 
And there you have it. Gotcha. There it makes sense. Uh, awesome. Awesome work. That's why I just have to sit back and talk shit, and then you find out the facts. There you go. Good job. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, and it got it from a guy who doesn't even watch wrestling, so totally cool. I had a, uh, uh, I hope I didn't mention this before, a, <laughs> a comedian buddy of mine had a alter ego where he's a pretty clean comic. I, I won't even mention his name because this is very, very dark humor, <laughs> but um he had an alter ego, um, so he could do really blue humor, like really push the envelope. And he said, uh, I won't do verbatim because I don't remember, but I remember the gist being, when I grew up as a child, I dreamed of being Michael Jordan. I didn't like basketball, but I just wanted somebody to murder my father. Wow. Awesome. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll sink in that's some dark comedy absolutely yeah nothing's off limits here <laughs> so i find humor in everything we had this six-man tag team match though it was a decent little match a lot of flipping as you might imagine from the lucha brothers and later laredo kid the good brothers and kenny omega did dominate most of the meat of the match but once that hot tag got going it was a six-way melee with crazy spots left and right from all six guys. A lot of times they had to break up the two counts in between. A lot of near falls here. What do you, what did you think of this? Was it overdone to you, or do you like this kind of style? There was like 40 fucking big-time crazy finishers in a row, and they kept getting broken up. It just kept going for a while there near the end. Uh, I'm in the middle with it. If it's, you know, the way the show was laid out at this point, because we had Christian with that, you know, different, completely different style. Right. And, uh, you know, we had a little bit of this, a little bit of that, the heel turn. So when they, when they have all the, uh, ducks in a row, so to speak, um, I'm fine with it. Phoenix is a phenomenal athlete. He just, he, he kind of reminds me of a younger Ray. Very, just so quick. And I don't mind watching him. The other guys, eh. Kind of Lucha House Party-ish, as I mentioned before. Decent match. Kept my interest and, and kept me thinking this was a hot show. So um, I liked it. Yeah, near the end there, Laredo Kid does one of those tope suicidas, is what they're called, Tom. And actually, once he made contact with Kitty Omega, only then did he tuck his chin and kind of turn it into a somersault. I guess just to land safely at that point. But it was really nasty. I mean, he came at him 100 miles an hour. And you were talking about somebody doing that last week. We see it again this Darby week. Allen. Darby Allen. There you go. And this time it yeah, was the Laredo kid. And it was just insane there. As they go into the finish, the kid tries a Phoenix splash, but lands on his feet after Omega gets out of the way, but runs right in the V trigger. And the one winged angel gets the win 15 minutes for the six man tag. Yeah. The one winged angel as uh who I don't, I don't know if you'll know this, but. Excalibur with his little dorky facts said that there was one, only one person to kick out of that. Was that o Okada? It could have been. That would make sense. I would imagine. I sure I hope was... it wasn't Jericho. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I mean, could be, could, it would make less sense, but it's more believable because it's Jericho. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, hopefully you'll figure that out by the next time we tape. You'll get, <laughs> I'll look it up. You'll get it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll get 
Post-match, John Moxley's out. It looks like he's going to take on all three, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers all by himself. But the Young Bucks come out to back him up, and that's when Omega and company take off. So it looks like maybe, and they announced next week, I believe this is a six-man tag team match for next week, Moxley and the Young Bucks taking on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays up and what they do with the Young Bucks. Yeah, I mean, it could be a swerve. I don't know, but I like the fact that I don't swerve, know. Swerve, bro. <laughs> I, I definitely like the fact that i don't know um so it keeps me interested i mean uh, tony khan was one of us just had a lot more money um i don't know there about you your go. situation but he had a lot more money than me yeah and uh <laughs> well you're probably tony khan to me tom so let's see where <laughs> I'm at. i don't know but uh so he, he knows the fans frustration especially the quote smart fan of predictability and so so forth again i gotta cut that out of my vocabulary uh but anyway so you gotta keep it for the gimmick man we gotta get a shirt so forth (laughs) yeah that's that's my uh catchphrase jesus christ but yeah i i guess uh i guess we'll just wait and see i I like the fact in certain instances i don't have a clue if they're going to turn and join with kenny and the good brothers and as you said swerve and uh, I don't know and, if, or, if I can take another swerve right now. I mean, we just saw the split from the inner circle to the pinnacle. We just saw yeah. the the nightmare faction split in half today. Are we really going to see another split? I mean, this is uh, talk about overbooking. If this just keeps going on and on, that may be why he. Well, in my opinion, he hasn't strung two really solid shows in a row, two weeks in a row since I've been watching. And other people disagree with that, but that's just my opinion. Um, and maybe it is like some weeks he'll just put too much shit together and not spread it out. But we shall see. Well, we get a quick promo from Britt Baker as she plugs the Eve- uh, Elevation show, right? That's what it's called. Elevation. Monday night's Elevation, right? It's called El- Evolution. Revolution. Evolution. No, Elevation. Oh, well, elevation. Right. Elevation. So that was the last thing I saw for a little bit, Britt Baker on the TV screen, because then came Nyla Rose out to the ring with the bunny to take on Hikaru Shida and Ty Conti. And that's when I offered to change my kid's poopy diaper so that I wouldn't have to watch Nyla Rose in the ring. Uh, Either way, it's the shits. Yeah, no, uh, I'm not going to talk much more about one Nyla Rose. She should be working men. But she's in there, and she's teaming with the bunny, who did look very rusty. I don't think she's worked in a long time. I saw like a uh, a meme or gif or gif or whatever the fuck you call them today. With it's like the anniversary of her being killed on Impact Wrestling by the whatever the fuck their group was, Decay or the Dark Order Number One or something. But uh, so, so she has been resurrected just in time for Easter. Perfect timing. Ah, another thing you saw that I didn't. It is oh. Easter, and there is a bunny. <laughs> um, but she's she's uh like she, I thought she was pretty hot, but then I like I quantified it or, or bad word. I I uh, gave it a like per capita. She's like Buffalo hot because she's a chick from Buffalo, and she's not that smoking hot chick, but she's got that body and. You know, like I mentioned, and she showed it tonight again, the tongue pierce. But I, I think she's, uh, she's, she's losing it a little bit. She's, she didn't win the night. She, she's not a challenger for me to uh, 
to Red Velvet, but I guess I should talk a little bit about the match. Um, Conti, no, that's quite all right. That's far, far more interesting. <laughs> I, that's what I think. That's what I tell everybody. Uh, Ty Conti uh, got some nice buns on her, but again, she's part of a faction now because Anna Jay's got the shoulder and there's 52 dudes out there. Remind me of a Brazilian Bukaki film. Um, but anyhow, uh, Conti, Nyla Rose, you, you know, fucking just, ah, God, I hate Nyla Rose. You're lucky. You're lucky you didn't sit around because she was like, I don't think Vicky Guerrero is consciously aware that, that Nyla Rose is a man. I don't know. <laughs> just a guess. But they, I they did, did see like, the finish. I caught like the last two minutes of the match, and that's when I realized like Vicky Guerrero is out there for Nyla Rose. The fucking Hardy group is out there for the Bunny. The Dark Order is out there uh, apparently for Ty Conti. I'm just like, what the hell? Does everybody fucking have to be on TV? And my other takeaway was they could have an entire night of war games matches with all of these fucking factions here in AEW. They were talking about having a war games last year before COVID hit. And then they kind of put 86 it until they could get crowds back in the re- arena or whatever. And it's like, yeah. dude, you could have like 10 war games matches. And I know that's overkill, but I mean, just with the factions and the feuds they have going on, you could literally do it and it would actually make some form of sense. I, I agree wholeheartedly that it's just like, you know, we heard the stories of Brody Lee, Vince wanting to keep him, but wanting to fuck him and bringing him in, paying him just to sit there when you had, in our mutual opinion, a, a top-notch talent. Right. Rest his soul. Um, it's like nobody, I, if you're sitting around in AEW, it's like, man, what the fuck? Everybody's on TV. I've said that, I think, the third time now, but it, it was strangely obvious tonight that that they use their roster to the max and Matt Hardy's with them. I don't know. I mean, he's with the uh, blade and butcher and bunny and private party. Two tag teams with Vicky Guerrero. He's like fucking Jimmy Hardy's managing more than one tag team at a time. Even though there's only one fucking tag team. (laughs) Exactly, man. Uh, I came into this program with you just a, a mere week, week and a half ago. Right. Telling you, I don't know how you feel, but I love AEW. And when we review it, somehow it doesn't come across that way. Um, I don't know. Uh, but, you can, you yeah, can enjoy I, something and, and pick apart the, the, I wouldn't even call them the bad parts, just the uh, obviously blatantly parts of the show that, that need to be or could be altered to make it even better, I guess is the best way to word it. Oh, here's a, here's a TR thought that got to get out before it goes away. Yes. Uh, Jamie Ward, are you familiar with him from the Observer past and the yes. Yes. Smart Fan past? Buddy of mine, we traveled a country together back in the day, and he he's a postal worker. Uh, insert your mass shooting joke there, but that was years ago. Anyhow, um, Jamie uh, used our first two tries at this as his enjoyment to get him through the workday and reviewed it via text, so... He, uh, he had a positive thumbs up on the mixture of comedy and serious talk. And uh, when, when he texted me, it reminded me of one Dustin Rhodes. How, do you ask? How, Tom? Well, Jamie and I were in Florida, which was fantastic. It was when Dusty had a promotion okay. down there with right. uh, like Terry Funk and Dick Slaters and all his buddies. And Otto Wands was there. I met fucking Otto Wands. Wow. Um, anyhow... Um, 
we go back to a bar called Mac Denton's or Mac Denton's, one of the two for sure. And I was 20. Dustin Rhodes was 20. I wasn't allowed in. I had to not snitch on Dustin. Not that it would have worked anyway. They probably knew. But I had to sit outside while Jamie Ward went in there and drank with the boys. Fuck you, Mac Denton's door, man. Wherever so you are today. Dustin was 20. I would have been, what, like 1990 then? We're talking? Mm, around sometime. 89, around 90, something like that. Yeah, okay. I know we're both 51 now, so we were definitely both 21 at that time. I mean 20, rather, okay. at that time. Right. Very so cool. fuck that. Very cool, but not cool. That's not cool. Yeah, Dustin. That's why you're fucking bleeding so much. <laughs> you know, to, to Dustin's credit, though, he did work Memphis and shit, so. Dallas, like yeah, he, for, for Jerry Jarrett down in Dallas, like when they were doing USWA down there, and he worked, like you said, in Memphis. So, yeah, he, he did uh, pay his dues. First time I ever saw Dustin was on ESPN, working for uh, Jerry Jarrett down there for the USWA Dallas promotion. So I was like, wow, yeah. he, he kind of looks like Dusty, and his last name's Rhodes, and it's Dustin. I kind of put two and two together. I think it was about 89 or 90 or something like that. That was shortly before, eh, half a year before he came into the WWF there for that cup of coffee there near the end of 90. So <laughs> Nice. But uh, so they, they actually had a finish to this match, this ladies match that'll never end because we continue to talk about everything but this match. So let's get it out of the way. Bunny actually picks up the win when she grabs a kendo stick and nails uh, Conti with it while Vicky De Guerrero distracts the referee. So Bunny gets the victory. No matter how rusty she was, just in time for Easter, the Bunny victorious. And five seconds nope. later, literally five seconds after this, Tom, literally the match ends and five seconds later they announce the Bunny versus Ty Conti next week on Dynamite. That is on the spot booking. I, I <laughs> you know, I see how it how it was put together, and kudos to Tony Khan for getting right on that. There's some kind of Jurassic Express uh, promo here, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Jurassic Express because next week they take on Bear Country, who is pretty damn awesome looking. I'm, I'm digging Bear Country, and so is a listener of ours at the Eye of Gibson on Twitter. Shout out to him. He's a big proponent of Bear Country. Bear Country. Uh, I, I kind of haven't saw that much of Bear Country other than that one night I got really drunk and went to the gay bar in Philly. Oh, yeah! There we go. I knew something was coming. Uh, well, bad reference. But, yeah, that was an easy joke, uh, Bear. But Bear Country is uh, in the mix. Uh, they're they're kind of cool because they're – I don't know what uh, the eye of Gibson uh, exactly sees in bear country, but kind of cool that they're not jacked up muscle heads. They're just big bear looking dudes and they just throw people around. So let's hope we see some good shit from bear country. Yeah. You know, I only saw them in that tag team Royal rumble, whatever they were doing at that, at the pay-per-view. And I was, I was sold on the name and the look. So hopefully they're actually good in the ring beyond, you know, what are you going to, what can you tell from a Royal Rumble match? But um, I, I'm hoping for, for good things next week. I'm looking forward to bear country and the Jurassic express. <laughs> yeah. The, the Jurassic express, one thing that's a nitpick of mine, I, I, I don't get it. But maybe smarter minds than me uh, prevail jungle boy. He's fucking Luke Perry's son. Right. Uh, rest in peace, Luke. Everybody knows that he's Luke Perry's son. Tony Khan goes and buys the rights, and I know it'll get over with their crowd. They'll sing along to that song 
whatever the fuck it is. And, but it, it kind of keeps him in that role where he's like Chaka from Land of the Lost. That's a very obscure reference. Chaka! But um, he's in loincloth and whatever. He's fucking Tarzan, and but he's really Beverly Hills 90210's kid. So I don't know. I, I kind of hope in the long run he gets away from that so I can see how he is as a single and, and like a real person. I kind of like his real personality. Did you see the uh, documentary You Can't Kill David Arquette? No, I didn't. I would recommend it. I mean, it's I mean, it's not earth-shattering or anything, but a lot of, you know, inside footage of pro wrestling on the lower end of the oh, scale. Yeah. Cool. And it, it, they were there. They had cameras the night that um Nick Gage and Arquette had a oh, death yeah. match or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the late Luke Perry is like family to them, as Jungle Boy said later in the documentary. And uh, it, it was so out of whack that he was legit bleeding from the neck. And Luke Perry, instead of an ambulance, like sped to a hospital. And I don't know if it was pandemic time or what, but it seemed like the ER door was shut. And you see David Arquette bleeding from the neck, banging on the door with Luke Perry with him. It's like it's such a surreal. I can imagine yeah, that's surreal. Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? Is this Where's part of a movie we don't know about? Like what the exactly? Fuck is going like, on? Yeah. You know, scary movie seven or something. But, <laughs> but Scream, yeah, it was Scream that, fourteen. That's 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 what I meant. Right. Scream. Uh, man, I'm old. <laughs> old and crotchety and forgetful. That's why you're here, buddy. Did you know Luke Perry, and this is an inside joke with, between me and my wife, did you know Luke Perry was buried in a suit made of mushrooms? True story. No. Well, I didn't either, but for some reason, it kept hitting our Google feed on our phone for like months, every fucking day in the Google feed on our phones. <laughs> Luke Perry was buried in a mushroom suit. So I just, I had to throw that out there. <laughs> obscure, obscure, I know, but I, I just had to put that out there. So now everyone knows what I knew all along. That's- that's what I do. I, I just throw out weird shit that I know that a lot most people don't know, and now they do, and they they'll never forget that. So yeah, I uh, I I'm torn because I didn't really care for the Jack Perry, if you will, when he first came in there. I didn't I didn't really care about the the gimmick was fine. It was what it was, and he was going to do what he was going to do. But the last couple times I actually saw him wrestle, like in singles matches, he really has gotten a lot better in the ring. And so that's why I'm a little concerned with him sticking in this group. But again, everybody's got to have a faction. And here with Luchasaurus and that fucking midget, I wish Tully had slingshotted him into the fucking ocean. <laughs> I don't hate him as much as, as you and Corny do. but well, uh, I don't know anybody can hate I, him as much as Corny. But, uh, I'm not a fan. Just take him off my TV did, screen. Did you see him? He's, he's, he's a budding rock star as well. Did you see him with... Uh... His guitar singing on some video with no. other workers. I learned that he had a brother, though. I uh, I didn't know that either. They, they they fucking do other indie shows or some shit. How big is the brother? I don't think he's fucking very tall. Probably taller than that dude, but not very much bigger, I don't think. I think his brother is getting a lot of shit from um, the Me Too shit, though. Like I think he's been you know fondling or at least doing some inappropriate things with some of the ladies and shit, so... His brother's kind of in no-no land right now. Uh, well, I'm a fan of his brother. Then. <laughs> no, just, just well, it's, it's time for the main event, Tom. The Arcade Anarchy match with Miro and Kip Sabian taking on Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. And 
I had to laugh. I had to mark out for just a moment when Tony Schiavone shouted Space Invaders because it made me think of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that that I'll, I'll let you talk. Uh, just I took go notes. Ahead. I'm not going through all these notes. I just started referencing some of the shit that they had laying around ringside, a whack-a-mole machine, arcade games, fake arcade games. When you could tell when he picked it up, it was just cardboard. They had an uh, air hockey, staged air hockey machine there at ringside. I thought it was clever. Have you ever been into those old Chuck E. Cheese type places where you win tickets sure. and you go and you pick your prizes? I like that they had that set up where the prizes were actually weapons. That was kind of clever. Whoever thought of that was probably marking out backstage at one point. And uh, I, uh, Tony busted out another line, too, during this match when they started using those weapons. He goes, you know, we call that plunder. And you know we got that from Baby of Mac and Dream Death of Rolls coming up with the plunder, if you will. The plunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, in those, in those type of situations, those matches and uh, Shivani's gold with just spurting out something goofy. I think I, I love Tony him. doesn't take it seriously anymore. He's just he's literally having fun and getting paid to yeah. have fun. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, the Legos and I guess you're going to build up to that, but well, there's yeah, nothing to build up to. Uh, I don't know when this became a thing, and I know it's been done before. This wasn't the first time. But one of the dudes, I, I think it was um, Chuck Taylor, rips open a teddy bear and dumps Legos all over the ring. And Tony goes, have you ever stepped on? Because Jim Ross is kind of like, what the fuck? And Tony goes, have you ever stepped on one of those? He's like, Tony's selling this shit. Tony is fucking all in. No pun intended. Yeah. Tony is all in. Have you ever stepped on one of those, JR? It's Sting! But it was no, not really Sting. It's Legos in the ring. And uh, they do a powerbomb. Kip powerbombs Taylor onto the Legos. I said, ow, not good. I wouldn't want to do that. No, I wouldn't either. Um, yeah, Legos, thumped. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do any of that stuff. But then again, that's maybe why I'm talking about it and not doing it. Um, but yeah, the arcade was filled with very old school stuff. The whack-a-mole, um, I guess, I, I guess it was Kip with it first, the, the, uh, the hammer part where you whack the mole and he, yeah, and he was, was like just pulling the punches. The, yeah. Barely touching him with it. <laughs> yeah. And Miro, and, you know, Miro sw swung for the fences when, when he got hold yeah, of that Miro, mallet. I mean, if you want to, if you want to showcase, get something out of that, it did showcase Miro just killing everybody. And then when I saw him going after Sue or Susan or whatever Trent's mom was, it's Sue, whatever her name it's is. Sue. <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself that fucking Miro, he he banged Lana in the tank. Now he wants to bang Sue in the fucking minivan. That pervert fuck. That's, that's but what it looked like. Huh? Luckily, uh, <laughs> luckily he just jumped on the hood, and you know they resumed brawling and so forth. But we got the return of Trent. Trent yeah, Beretta. but before Trent returned, we got the return of Chris Statlander, who popped up in one of those old timey crane machines. I guess they're still around, actually. She, she pops up out of there and attacks Penelope Ford. And then uh, as the match goes on, as you point, and she actually even Statlander puts Ford through the air hockey table at ringside. And that, that is when hits Sue, Sue comes cruising <laughs> down the road in her car with Trent riding in the back. I think that was when my son came into the room and he was like, what? Well, he didn't, he didn't say this, but I know in his mind, he was thinking, what the fuck is going on? And I go, oh, that's Sue, because I'm listening. I, I had my hear, uh, headphones on while I was listening to the show. I was watching it on my, my laptop. 
So I'm telling him, oh, that's Sue. And he's like, how do, how do you know her name, Dad? Like, oh, yeah, that's Sue. She's just driving her son around. And so, yes, we had to return to Trent Beretta as he comes in. And I, I, was, I was starting to write, it's not fair. There's three best friends beating up on Rusev, but that didn't last very long. Miro takes all three of them out. And then, like you pointed out, he goes after Sue, gets on the hood of her car. He's going to pour some sugar on her there or something. I'm not sure what he was going for. And uh, no, thank God that didn't happen. Trent Beretta comes back and they head back into the arena. Trent spears Miro through a table. Meanwhile, Chuck Taylor with a power slam on Kip Sabian off of something through a stage. And finally, this match is over after 14 minutes. The best friends win, and they all hug it out. And then Chris Stantlander joins them, and they hug it out again. I've been waiting weeks for another hug, Tom. Me too. Uh, Chris Statlander, that's a unique chick, man. She, uh, I saw some of her on Being the Elite or other things. She, uh, she goes out, at least did. Her man is uh, Caleb with a K from Impact Wrestling. Who's why? Why? Why do uh, all these ladies have to have a man? Why do you got to tell me this, Tom? I have no chance with any of them, I, even though I'm married. Well, that's children. the thing. You know, they're Statlander's like uh, it's politically incorrect, but thick, but thick in a good way, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, she's just, yeah. it's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, uh, you know, she's uh with Caleb with a K who's also with Tennille Dashwood on screen on impact. So Man, lucky maybe him. with that little mixture that they'll be able to be in the same locker room together. Who knows? But I'd create a mixture not, with those two. Yeah. I, I'd probably <laughs> hop in a sack with both of them and see if I'd, you know, get some alien ass, so to speak. <laughs> well, I was talking Sorry, about Tennille Dashwood and Chris Statlander, but Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, sorry. The, the, uh, <laughs> penis always comes into into play here. With all my, my, maybe I don't know something about myself. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's just the more realistic way things work out, Tom. Yeah, yeah. You can always pull the train with two dudes, but with two chicks, it's only in adult films. Or if you're very wealthy in Vegas. That wraps up the show. So I say, I guess you 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 agree with me. Thumbs up this week. Good show. Good show. Definitely a good show. Yeah, I didn't know how to feel about that last match going into it. I was like, eh, this is a little too hokey for me. But they did what they did with it. It, it really didn't come off as cartoony. Honestly, I, overall, it was probably better than the explosions at the pay-per-view anyway. Oh, fucking sh- for sure. Um, <laughs> what do you think? You think um, it was formatted correctly the way it went? You think they should have did the, the crazy shit early in Christian and Kaz at the end, this is not, I don't, it's just a- I don't, I don't think you can. Um, I think, I, I don't know that that arcade, that, that seemed really we- weird out of place the way they, where they put that at the end of the show. Maybe I would have put that yeah. earlier in the show. They might've had to record that if they had put that on earlier in the show, just because of the way everything fucking was destroyed. But mm-hmm. I don't think you can put Christian on last because that ma- that was probably the best place to put it because after you see all these flippy guys and all this other horse shit. Nobody really wants to see that. I mean, I'm not speaking for myself or, or for you, but these the the next level or the next generation of fans that are used to all this other stuff, by the time you get to something like that, I don't want to see this now. I've done seeing all these other guys do everything in the world. And I'm not saying their matches were better than Christian's. I'm just saying, in my perspective, it just seems like once you've done everything, you know, it's like the old timers cussing out the young guys going out there in the first match and doing everything. 
It's like, now yeah. you done did everything. There's nothing left to do. So even though Christian told a great story and it was a hell of a match, and it still would have worked out fine. I just don't know if that would have worked for this gen- this new generation of, of wrestling fan. For me, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I, 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 I think we, at least on my part, didn't give uh, Frankie enough credit um takes oh, no. to the tango i think he did a uh, he he i you know that was the first sentence i think i wrote in my notes it was so happy to see him utilized in a single situation and nobody at ringside that was the, that was the only match on the show where there was nobody else at ringside nobody got involved and uh he really sh- i didn't know that he still had that in him and not that he did anything out of the ordinary but it was just a reminder of how good he is yeah he's a, he's definitely a pro and definitely a I don't think there could have been a stronger pick to debut Christian with. Yeah. And this goes back damn near God in the early two thousands. Um, first time I ever met Kazarian, I hadn't, I don't even know if I'd seen him yet. I guess I hadn't because I was, I had to go pick him up from the airport and I go, well, how the hell am I? How the hell do I know <laughs> who he is? And they just said, look for Antonio Banderas. And that's kind of what yeah. I did. And he really stuck out. If you remember his hair from many, many, many years ago before he came to the WWF and, they made him cut it, and the story goes. Have you ever heard that story? How they made him cut his hair in the WWF, WWE? Uh, you can refresh me. Well, I I don't. I wouldn't call it developmental, but he was working those Velocity shows. You know, the fucking CD show, whatever the hell. And as as know. Frankie as Frankie Kazarian, and one week I don't know if it was a writer or Vince or somebody that were walking down the hall and told him, "Hey, you got to cut cut your hair. We got something for you." And you know, he had that awesome fucking Antonio Banderas hair, that awesome fucking hair. And he goes and he cuts his hair. And the next week he comes back and he goes, okay, I cut my hair. And Vince McMahon looks at him and says, who are you? And that was, that was it for him. He fucking was done. Yeah, I, knew, I remembered that he was there for like literally a cup of coffee and then right. just out of there. Uh, it worked out in the end, though. I think he's made a comfortable living. Good guy. I, I had the pleasure of drinking with him one night, drinking with him and uh, Tracy Brooks, his lady, and James Storm. They were in town for impact and all good people. And I got some barroom picture that I tweeted. I think I remember I put me and some handsome lads. And of course I got the peanut gallery comment from my girl. Who's the handsome lad? Uh, I think both <laughs> of them are handsome gentlemen. Here I go again. I should just come out. We'll build up <laughs> me coming out soon. Then again, back to red velvet. Mm, that's You're all I'm torn, saying. Tom. You're torn. Yeah, tormented as a tattoo <laughs> on my back says. Right on. Well, we yeah. got a slew of other topics here. If you got time, Tom, you mentioned a few things you might want to touch on. Uh, we could talk uh, Impact. We could talk WrestleMania week. Uh, did you see the Hurt Business were split up on Raw? That was not a popular decision. I didn't even watch Raw, and I guess it was the first thing on the show. And, man, like 15 minutes into the show, all of a sudden Twitter was going crazy, and I had to click on it, and everybody's having a Batista Everyone throwing a fit that they split up the hurt business absolutely out of nowhere for no good reason. Yeah, um, it didn't bother me that much because, like, you know, we talked about WWE before where all four, well, not really MVP, but the other three were just floundering before they decided, hey, these three would be great together with MVP. So I'm surprised. I didn't know Batista jumped in with that either, but... uh, it was kind of cool as like a uh, fantasy shoot watching Lashley and Shelton Benjamin mix it up a little bit. Right. Uh, 
being obviously Shelton's background with Brock Lesnar. And so I almost said it again. I, I you know, I, I just, I don't react like most people. I, I kind of business as usual. What I didn't like was that it's looks like it's definitely going to be a big Scottish hall at WrestleMania with him. I don't think there's going to be any Brock Lesnar, um, three ways or interruptions or anything like that. So yeah, it would appear not. I mean, there's only one raw to go. The go homes next Monday. So I don't see it happening at this point. Maybe, maybe, uh, something to set up something down the line. SummerSlam. I don't know, but it's, uh, it's looking like right now. Anyway, the, the betting odds too are in Drew's favor. I almost feel like they are giving him his second opportunity. You know, he got robbed technically last year. He, Got his big moment to go out there and beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the world title, but COVID hit and there was no fans. There was not even fucking video screens back then with fans on them or, or fake noise. Did we? Even, I don't think we had the fake crowd noise at that point last fair, year. Fair point. He was put in a bad spot when he. So was, I'm uh, almost wondering if it's like let's let's do this again. Let's revamp this and try it again. I'm not saying you know he's yeah. guaranteed win and it didn't really work for me long term. So. If they don't, I'm not, I'm not hurt over it, but uh, it almost feels like, all right, we're going to do this again with 25,000 people in the arena. Yeah, I mean, the, and, you know, logic would say he's going to go over, so we'll see if he gets the pop. It's a lot of wait and see when, when these crowds come back, you know, if, if it lasts, you know, hopefully, and uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, it was just interesting that they're, they're like fucking less than two weeks out from the pay-per-view and they just randomly with no real fucking reason or rhyme, just split the entire group up. up. Break up yeah. Group. It's like, yeah. this is something you do after WrestleMania. Where were you guys when I lost the belt last night? Kind of deal. It's, it's probably uh Vince McMahon just like, how oh, do we still do that? 205 live. Isn't that the champ? No, he's in the hurt business. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, one of those deals, but I don't know. Um, well, somebody made the comment like they they I put two and two together, but I saw somebody post something about oh the fucking new day. Why are they the fucking champ? I go, it's funny how Vince keeps. Oh, they're still funny, pal. The hurt business wasn't funny, so that's yeah. why that's why he split them up. Meanwhile, New Day have been together for like fourteen thousand years at this point. What do you make of WrestleMania? Anything that you know of on that card that you're looking forward to in particular, or just nah? Uh, yeah, just like nothing. Um, I'm with edges, you. Uh, edges face. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? If they tell a story like they did last last month or last pay per view with those guys, that could be something worth watching. Everything else on uh, fucking both at least fourteen matches so far, seven matches on both nights so far. And I just, nothing. I don't even give a fuck. Like, I'm not following the story. It's WrestleMania, and I'm not following the storylines. None of the matches I'm not, like, looking forward to. I don't think it's, I've known the business is, is not for real for a very long time. So it has nothing to do with that I'm not into it anymore as far as, well, it's a work and blah, blah, blah. I've known that since, geez, I don't even know. But. It's, I don't know how to explain it. I've just completely lost interest. They don't do anything to really build anything up to make it interesting. So we're not buying that live pod on uh, WrestleMania week with a uh, COVID protective screen? No. I want, what, were the, what do they charge for that? Have you heard anything? 
Fuck, I don't even know. I was just bullshitting. <laughs> but uh, I, no, I meant, I meant I, at the uh, the stadium, those pods that they have at the stadium. What what, what are they charging <laughs> for tickets? God, I, I I don't know, man. I just uh, I'm I'm like you with it. I it's it just doesn't seem like WrestleMania. No, and me. I don't even, it's I don't. not even it's not even the COVID thing completely with me. It's just terrible. The fucking booking and shit. I don't know. I've just completely fell out of favor with the whole fucking thing right now. Yeah, me too. Maybe that's why my energy's lacking today. I apologize. Well, maybe I'll try to boost it here a little bit. You seemed really upset earlier when you were talking about L.A. Knight, Eli Drake doing the job on NXT last week. Oh, my God. I didn't get a chance to watch it, obviously, because we were watching um, AEW. But I sincerely hope that he, he was in some 12-man thing where six of them advanced to some shit tonight. Uh, I sincerely hope he, he got in that mix because he lost clean in the middle to Bronson Pinchot from Perfect Strangers. Of Fucking no, don't be ridiculous. Oh, my God, perfect timing. <laughs> um, yeah, that, this this Bronson dude, I, I actually, Bronson Arroyo, Bronson something, Charles Bronson, I don't know, a big fat Australian dude <laughs> who, who's just, you know, what's Bronson going to be for you? Maybe, maybe Eli or L.A. or whatever you want to call him, Sean Rector, I think. Maybe he came across as cocky and had to be humble or something, but I don't know. He's he's a star in my eyes and certainly in uh, Wade Barrett's eyes because shit seems like Wade wants to fucking marry him or something. He puts him over huge. I mean, I know they had that NWA connection together when they were both there, but he just really goes overboard even more than I do about the guy. But I, I think he has that star potential in his first match on fucking NXT. He loses to Bronson. Uh, I don't get it. You'll be happy to know tonight that LA Knight wins WWE NXT Gauntlet Elimination Battle Royal. The order for next okay. week's Gauntlet is as follows. LA Knight will be number one. I don't understand that. He wins the Battle Royal, and he's going to be number one in the Gauntlet next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is I'm available to write. The other five guys? For whoever. Is that what they're going to do? They're going to have him run through the entire roster? I would hope so. Because they own that for that clean job in his debut. But Yeah, maybe there's something yeah. to that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I would call who who came up with that debut finish. You know what I'd tell or him? What I would call I'd talk to, I'd tell him in, in in cheeky baby format, I'd tell him Can you pay attention? You are an idiot. That's that's the entire writing <laughs> staff there in the WWE. <laughs> I don't really have to push clips to you because it seems like you got an arsenal already. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Now we can keep them coming. There's always more. There's always, always more. Yeah, I'll think of some obscurity, and uh, we'll find it. So Definitely. you you're a big proponent of Impact Wrestling. You still watch Impact Wrestling, obviously. I never really got into it, so I don't know a whole lot. I do know a lot of the guys. Like I saw that James Storm wrestled Eric Young this week. Did you catch Did you catch this week's episode of Impact? Uh, yeah. I I mean, I, I the fast forward button happens sometimes with that show but um <laughs> like i said uh johnny swinger stuff he this week at his uh casino whatever it's really called he, i i think don callis and kenny omega came in actually and don callis put twenty thousand on omega to beat rich swan in whatever pay-per-view they're having and 
I think ah, it was good old stanky leg Rich Swan from uh, from WWE. Yeah, two hundred five live, pal. Yeah, two hundred five live champ is now world champion and going against Omega. I assume Omega is going to go over in that match and have the TNA and Impact and Triple uh, A and dual champion or tri else. champion. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, out of nowhere, I, th I think it was when Callus put that money up, but it could have been another instance in that segment. He just comes out with uh, Riz on, or, you know, he always does the Miz arc, the Carney talk, and then right, he says, right. Money Mark, yes, love it, Daddy. <laughs> Uh, just, I mean, if, if he's entertaining only me, I'm sorry, but I, I it never gets old for me. Must um, be entertaining I, whoever's booking over there in impact or they wouldn't have him doing it. Good point. Um, another, another thing, I don't know what you know about, uh, Eddie Edwards and his wife, Alicia, I guess her name is, I, I don't know, but she's, she's on, she's a female wrestler there. And there was a, a seemingly uh, shoot skit where she was left with Tommy Dreamer, who's booking some kind of hardcore justice, maybe not that name, but a, a TNA event that's on a Saturday on TNA Plus or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was, you know, nagging at him. And he says, Eddie, Scott, somebody get her away. She's she's on me. Like, so apparently she's... Um, the equivalent, I guess, they used to say Sami Zayn would just talk your ear off right. backstage, just never get to the point. So I guess she's like a female Sami Zayn or something there behind the scenes because it, it's, it seemed like a non-promo, off-the-cuff remark from Dreamer. But yeah, other than that, um, the Good Brothers were talking about Gin and Juice again. They showed clips of them from New Japan with the belts. Uh what else did I like? Did I like any of the women on Impact? Jordan I Grace is the power lifter. Oh, Jazz put up her career to have a match with the champion, uh, Deanna Perrazzo from nearby South Jersey. Now, I've seen her. Yeah, she's, um, she's a good worker. I think she's one of these uh, new age, uh, be proud of who you are kind of deal. Um her shape is unique. Let's put it that way. Um, she was in the WWE, as you probably know. Right. That's yeah. I, I saw her in there, and they just uh, seemed. I, I think they cut her. I think it's yeah. how it went. Yeah, they cut her loose. And good worker, decent talker, a little high pitched on the voice, but she kind of. I don't want to be. I, I was mean to Nia. Nia Jax was it when I said things. Uh, I Deservedly guess deservedly so, guy. Tom. With a, with a fat belly, I guess I have the authority to say it. She's got a little bit of a belly and seems not to care. I don't know. I like my female wrestlers tight and hot. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot of the Impact ladies, so I can't really comment on much, much of uh, the, the uh, chicks over in the TNA world. Yeah, that, that, I mean, Tennille's there. She looks uh, okay, deep boob so um, she I don't think she never really had. She never really had many to start that I can remember. I think they were bigger before, but I could be mistaken. I will have to go back and look at WWE. Ooh, you know it. Yeah, he knows it. Brian Myers and th those two are up there, the action figure kings as they are, and uh, those guys. Uh, they're actually in Brian. I was speaking for Brian Myers. He's actually okay. I mean, maybe it's just the lack of talent up there but 
he's he's an okay heel with the proper the proper scenario, I guess. I mean, it's he's not going to main event WrestleMania. Don't get me wrong, but he couldn't even curtain jerk WrestleMania when he was there. Yeah, maybe they could have given him a little more. I don't know. He had like the man. I I don't know, dude. I I often wondered if I, I know that they used him as a job guy up in the WWE, but I often wondered if what he was doing was uh, intentional, like they told him to look like a job guy, or if that's just what he was doing because he looked out of shape, he had that pot belly, and he had those the gear that looked like it was from like 1980s on the indies <laughs> when he was yeah. up in WWE. And I haven't seen him since he went down to Impact. I'm happy that the guys, any of the guys that went where they went, Heath Slater or um, uh, Matt Cardona or, or Brian Myers, I'm glad they're getting work. And I'm sure they do stick out a, 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 like a hell of a lot more an impact than they would in the WWE. And I, I enjoyed Zack Ryder at times in the WWE, so I'm not even knocking him. I'm just glad these guys are getting paid and, and still working. Oh, uh, they have a group violent by design. Um, Eric Young is the leader. Uh, he's now recruited Cody Diener to shave his head and just become Diener. Um, Diener. Rhino is the latest addition to the group. Rhino has been everywhere for Christ's sake. But he brought in, uh, I, don't, I don't know if he brought him in, uh, Scott Demore had a connection with Joe Doring, who I always wow. read about as like the only gaijin in all Japan while New Japan was so hot. Mm-hmm. And the dude's like a throwback, man. Like, I appreciate him. He has a cowboy hat. He's about 6'4", built like Stan Hansen or maybe a little more muscular than that. But he fucking... When they let him do it like a squash match, he fucking kills people. And then I I looked him up in all Japan, and he, you know he was pretty green at first, or maybe just not a good worker. But the more matches I watched, the dude's pretty good. I'm surprised people slept on him. I think he could be something. So if you get a chance, watch Joe Doring. I'm gonna look into that. I was reading up on Eric Young, and um, I thought I read that he had got a torn ACL, but I'm not sure if that happened recently or if that was something that happened shortly after he left the WWE. So I was going to look into that because uh, if uh, if it was recent, I mean, didn't he just wrestle James Storm, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know when those tapings were, but that was uh, James Storm's thousandth match, allegedly. Who knows? Um, allegedly. James like the Goldberg Storm, streak? It, right. Um, Storm is out of shape, uh, just plain and simple. He's uh he looks like James Storm, but just a pudgy James Storm and doesn't move as fluidly. Guess he had a little too much time off with the COVID or whatever. But uh, they they did an interesting twist and brought back to be one of his sidekicks to combat violent by design, the wildcat Chris Harris. Wow, who that's old school. <laughs> used to be a tall, thin dude, and he had like a suit jacket on, but you can tell he, he put on some... Uh, some LBs. So I'm glad I'm not the only fatso anymore that's uh, living. <laughs> well, he put on weight before he went to the WWE because when they hired him, they hired him based on what he looked like in TNA as Chris Harris. Right. And he came in, he was uh, Braden Walker, which that was an awesome, right. awesome right. video for a while there. The, the best of Braden Walker. What is that like a two, <laughs> two segment video? <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I actually just, I just looked it up and yeah, Eric Young injured uh, this week. He's out six to nine months with a torn ACL. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's well, unfortunate. Uh, 
I was happy when you were telling me he was doing shit again, and I and I was actually happy earlier when you when you dropped the line and said you, you might talk about impact. I was like, well, I better at least see what the hell was on. And um, I didn't know if it was this week or last week, but I saw that James Storm and Storm and Eric Young were in the main event, and I was happy that Eric Young was doing something because he was really misused, and Vince really dropped the ball on not using the sanity gimmick or not giving Eric Young something to do. Obviously, nowhere near the main event, but there was certainly a spot there, and Vince just. Like most of the talent today, he doesn't get it, pal. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I was like a tweeter bitching about the lack of a chance that Eric got. I actually, you know, uh, recently, uh, poor health but doing better, Brian James was a regular on Twitter until he had a little squabble with Hurricane, and then he just kind of got off because he, uh, you know, he leans right or what have you. and Right. You know how the politics went on there. People mm-hmm. lost friends and shit. But, it, you know, he recently had a alleged heart attack or something of that nature. Health problem for sure, but his wife said everything's good. So, Brian James, God bless you if you, if this gets around and hope you're all right. But, I, you know, he's, he's so cool. I, I can't say I know him. I mean, I've been around him, but I doubt he was responding to me as a, as a person he knows. Uh, but he was... You know, he would, you know, re- respond to just about anything I'd throw at him. And I mentioned Eric Young, and he says, you're telling me I'm a big EY fan myself, so we'll see what happens, you know. So I guess there were some in his favor, but you know where the buck stops. That's right. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, this, I mean, it could have been Triple H. Well, I don't know. Triple H is, you know, he's NXT, so I, I, don't, I guess it wasn't Trips. Probably Stephanie. Stephanie having a little say there, too. I don't get it either, Dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wasted his time, but uh, maybe he made some money there. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he's not know. the only guy that was in developmental that Vince called up. Look at Andrade. I know you're not a big, giant fan of Andrade, but there's a lot of other guys, too, that Vince said, we need to call him up. They're over. You know, she's over. The team's over. Bring him up. And they bring him up, and Vince has no idea what the fuck to do with him, literally. Like, they just sit there for months on end, and he does nothing with them. I remember when they brought EC3 up, and <laughs> he did nothing with him. I, I yeah. remember Ambrose telling that story that uh, they wanted to use him as a baby face and the crowd booed him or something like that when they stuck him in the ring with Ambrose, who had just went heel because he was leaving the company. The crowd's not going to boo him. And yeah. uh, Vince is like, you know, you're not over, so you're not getting pushed. And that was that was basically the end of his push. But there were so many other guys as well that he, he's done that to. It's it's a shame. Yeah, I know. I mean, some some will prove him wrong, I'm sure, with opportunity. Uh, I doubt Andrade, but hey, he wants to fight Roosh, and who's the other one he's looking at? Somebody in New Japan or something he wants to work with? Uh, I didn't see. I don't know. That's unfortunate, though, because I was really hoping he'd get some kind of a shot here in the States. I wanted to see if he has it or not. There's no excuse. You know, you go to one of these other places, and they're going to give you the push. They can't afford not to give somebody like Andrade the push to see if he can really make it or not. See if it's really Andrade that didn't make it or if it was just Vince holding him down. I'm very curious because I've only seen so much of his work in the in the States, and most of it was the NXT stuff. I'm just jealous because he's fucking a horseman's kid. Well, there you go. I don't know. But in all seriousness, I think a, a Ring of Honor would be a good spot for him. Just um, working with a lot of those guys and that style, et cetera. I don't know so much AEW unless he unless he builds it like you said if if he had it and 
just wasn't able to show it, he'll show it elsewhere. And then if that happens, then bring him to AEW. I worry for everyone in AEW right now. That roster is so huge. I don't know how they can get anyone over beyond guys that already have name recognition or beyond the guys that, you know, that are already in, in the main event situation. There's just so many guys that like we saw tonight, just walking around ringside doing absolutely nothing. One week we got dark order in the main event. The next week they're, they're out there doing a, a, a women's match. So yeah. Yeah. If I have uh, some time to myself, which is unlikely, but if I do, I'm going to go back and like literally try to count how many talent, was on tonight because I think it's an all time record for any TV show. It has to be. It has to be. But it is what it is. Yeah, look at the payroll, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully the crowds come back. They're coming to Philly supposedly. I'll be there. Um, when are they coming? Uh, yeah, ways. when are they starting to do that tour? I don't know exactly when they start, but I, I seem to recall October eleventh for Philadelphia. Oh, okay, so the fall. I gotcha. Get your ass down here. It's like a what, an eight, ten hour drive? About a fucking eight hour drive. Yeah, that, I I I went to Cleveland for a game you may remember as a very young guy. Jim McMahon was the Eagles quarterback. Wow, old school. <laughs> Cleveland Cleveland was winning, like killing us. Uh I shouldn't even start this story because it's late and I can't do it justice because I got to be fucking. I'll just leave that as a teaser for next show with more energy. But yeah, I got to tell that story because it does have a slight wrestling connection, very slight. And uh, it's a fun story nonetheless. So my uh, one. The Kozar tip- years, man. The Kozar years. Yeah. Uh, we heard that name from a lot of the fans up there and Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf up the middle, baby. <laughs> Some guy bent our ears about Metcalf in uh, in his accent. But, yeah, Cleveland story, future show, as I said. <laughs> Sounds good. Appreciate that. Well, I, like I mean, uh, we, you know, we were originally going to do Billy Jack Haynes on the next show, and then the show actually happened to be recorded directly after Dynamite, and I knew we weren't getting both of those on the same show because there's a lot of, lot of shit in this Billy Jack Haynes story that, you may not even know, Tom. I did yeah, four. I, I, I did four shoot interviews. I went through. Um, there's actually a guy online. Let me pull this up real quick too. There's a guy online on YouTube who really is hardcore into the boys on the track story, which is the two boys that alleged, you know, that were murdered on the train tracks that Billy mm-hmm. Jack Haynes allegedly said he was a part of. Let me pull up his YouTube account. His name. Uh, YouTube username Carnage on Ice. If you guys have a chance before we do the Billy Jack Haynes show, which is our next show, um, go on there and watch the Carnage on Ice is the user's name on YouTube. He's done a few videos on the boys on the tracks. He's or it's called Murder on the Tracks. His videos, but um, the last one he put out was last June, and it's called Murder on the Tracks: The Billy Jack Haynes Story. He actually interviewed Billy in a, an earlier video. And he went to go piece it all together and put Billy over last June. I don't want to spoil too much for this right now, Tom, but uh, when he started piecing together the video, well, let's just say there were some discrepancies involved and it's really interesting. So anybody who has time before we do that show on Billy, uh, go out there and check out the Billy Jack Haynes story by Carnage on Ice, I think I said his name was. It's very interesting. And you only got to skim through it. It's kind of long, but... 
and his audio is a little low and, and there's a bunch of shit he puts on the screen and you got to squint to read it. And it's all kinds of horse shit like that. But the guy really, really did his homework. And so I spent two days, cause I told you it'd probably take me a day to get through all the Billy Jack Haynes shit. It took me two full fucking days of Billy. I, I've got enough Billy Jack Haynes in my life for the, for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Between the videos and the shoot interviews, the, the the press releases he did about about being involved in that, uh, he's like the Forrest Gump of like murders and things. Tom, you won't believe some of this shit <laughs> when we get to it, man. It's insane. And I grabbed some sound awesome. bites too. It, it's going to be fun. Awesome! Can't wait to do it. You know, and uh, you know we won't do a spoiler as far as what we what we learned together. Or, right? No, that's going to uh, be yeah the big the big finish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that show and, uh, you know, can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I don't know if you got time or if you want to, you did, you mentioned when you sent me a list of things you might want to touch on here. One of the last things that I got on my list here, I don't know. We can, we can call it quits if you want, but, uh, young rock, you mentioned that kind of caught me off guard. Oh yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a viewer of young rock, a DVR guy. And, uh, this week was the Andre, the giant, my day with, the giant or my day with Andre, it was really underwhelming. Uh, he, he, Rocky, Rocky Johnson had to be somewhere or had a booking or something. And he wanted to see ET Dwayne, the rock Johnson. That was what he was begging his parents to see. And they both were not available. And Andre said, I'll take them out. And, uh, it was a feeding the pigeons gimmick. And the one was larger <laughs> than the other. And it was one metaphor for Andre's larger than the other. And, there was supposed to be a lesson in there, but it was kind of weakly delivered. But, but what what I think is funny, and and you being a historian, whatever time frame that's supposed to be, with um, Peter Maivia's wife, right? Um, which one's Atta and which one's Leah? Uh, Leah is Peter's wife. Okay, so Leah took over to pro- or was the promoter. Peter died at, at probably early eighty two, somewhere right around eighty two. Somewhere I guess you got to take. I guess you got to take creative license in a show like that and put some names. But she has like Macho Man Savage there. Yeah, and I mean, I questioned that from, and I was nitpicking from the beginning. That very first show, I think it was the first show with Junkyard Dog hanging with the other guys in, in Hawaii, and that's like yeah. right around when Dog was just really taking off in Mid South. I'm like, he's not fucking working Hawaii, and fucking you know whatever. Yeah. But um, that's me again nitpicking. Because we know, kind of, we know this. Uh, if you're just a, a fan of uh, Dwayne Johnson, the actor, and are curious, you know, oh, Macho Man, I heard that name or something. But, right, and what, that's what I think and, it is. And but I, I but I did notice that a lot of the Rock, his success, I don't think he says it publicly enough, but um, I think he takes care of him financially. Brian Gewertz. Oh, no doubt. That was his writer. Uh, yeah, and I, I I follow him on Twitter and check out. I think what he, he, has he works for him still right now with like seven bucks or whatever. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, I, I happened to look at the credits last night and I saw Brian uh, Works is gotcha. is involved in that as well. But I didn't really have anything major. Just just the inconsistencies of uh, who exactly was there. It's the Samoans and it's Rocky and it's Andre always. Cheeky and Andre, Cheeky baby. Uh, Macho Man. I mean, they dropped King Kong Bundy's name, went to another promotion in Hawaii, which right. uh, I guess I'm just a nitpicking old fuck. I don't know. But 
I come to guys like you to figure out who exactly was there at, in the rough time frame that they give. Yeah, I, I call bullshit on Macho. I call bullshit on the dog. I kind of call bullshit on Sheik. I don't really remember Sheik doing a lot of Hawaii drop-ins. There. Yeah, I think he just ran into the Sheik somewhere and got Jabroni from him and, you know, put him in, put his character into Hawaii somehow. But. Right. Well, Sheiky is a character, so I, I think I agree with you. I think that's what they did. You know, I'm a conspiracy theorist of myself, and I think there's a conspiracy here with The Rock. You know, the whole thing is about him going to run for president, right? And he's and a he's, shoot. And he's telling all of these stories about him being a total douchebag and a dickhead and an asshole. And by the end of the show, he's learned his lesson. So mm-hmm. that way, should one day he decide to actually run for president, nobody can go and dig all of this shit up on him because he's already presented it to you in advance. I told you I was an asshole, and I and this is how I fixed my life. And that's what it seems like to me. This is a really intelligent way of putting yourself over like, Yes, this is how I transformed from this. You see all these presidents, all this shit comes out of the woodwork about them, what they did you know, earlier on in their life, and they, they really shouldn't even fucking be addressed, but they do. And here he's like, this is what I did. I lied about my name. My name was Tomas, and I did this, and I did that. I did anything else everybody else did, and you kind of laugh with it now. So you know, you know, when he does go to run, I'm just assuming. If he does go to run, it's like, well, yeah, I, I showed you all this. this. I did do this, but you see what I did afterwards was I... I corrected it, and I, th- I yeah, feel like that's what he's doing in advance. Next week's episode, for instance, is called Grabber by the Pussy. So, wow, look forward uh, to that one. <laughs> it goes right along the lines of what, what you're saying. No, but I, I totally agree. I think there's uh, <laughs> you think uh, you think Moolah's in that one? <laughs> Moolah, Stormy Daniels, and uh, I don't know who else. <laughs> what am I doing? Leilani Kai. Stop it. Yeah, there we go. We got Leilani. Yeah, some of the old gals, but what are you going to do? Misty yeah. Blue. There you go. That'll work. Cat LaRue. <laughs> With the fucking uh, ponytail on the side of her Was, head. Wasn't he in WCW? No, wrong LaRue. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, wrong LaRue. All right, Tom. It's getting late. You're getting tired. You're mixing yeah, we'll, your, your we'll, cats we'll, with your lashes yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah, Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Dude, and, Tom, uh, I appreciate you doing this again. You guys can follow Tom at TR Shock on Twitter. Ask him questions. We'll answer him here. Tom will tell you anything you want to know as long as he can remember it. Right, Tom? Correct. Okay. <laughs> I, I can guarantee that there'll be some factual information in the response, but I may mix up three different stories, so we'll get to the bottom of it one way or the other. Right, so you guys can follow Tom at TRShock on Twitter. You can hit him up there or just follow him and see what Tom has to say on Twitter. You can also follow me, Ray Russell, at Grenade. That's it, R-A-S-S-L-I-N, Grenade, on Twitter as well. You can ask me the questions that I can ask Tom. Hopefully he has an answer for you. But uh, once again, I appreciate it, Mr. TR, for uh, doing another Dynamite and talking about a few other things going on in the world of the professional wrestling. Yes, sir, my brother, and we will do it again. Uh, No set schedule yet, but that'll be coming soon. Absolutely. You guys check it out. Keep looking out for it. It's going to be the Billy Jack Haynes episode of TR Shocks the World, and I don't know if it's going to – well, it might shock the world, Tom. Some of the stories that I I pulled up and found on behalf of of Mr. Uh, William Haynes III, and, uh, yeah, you got some uh, really interesting news the other day. On the uh, disappearance of Billy Jack Keynes, for those who don't know, nobody's really heard from him in nearly a year. And uh, Tom may have cracked the case, but we'll wait and see what happens <laughs> on the next episode. 
So once again, guys, (laughs) for Tom Robinson, I'm Ray Russell. Thanks again for listening to TR Shocks the World. (laughs) 